Hello and welcome to Hotspur Way, Season 1. Perch, what episode are we on? Episode 12. Wow. Wow, and it's just us. Ross can't be here today, unfortunately. He um, he really felt bad um, that he predicted a, uh, a fence-sitting result and so he decided not to be here. That's not true at all. Um, he will be here next week and he still loves us, so that's good. So, Perch, let me, let me just uh, ask you, did, did you watch the game? Nah, I had more important things on. Yes, oh, I did watch the game. Of course you watched it. And what were your thoughts on the game? Let, let's, talk, let's talk about the first, let's say, I don't know, first half. Uh, first half, good, good point. I think the first half, first what, half an hour into it, I was worried. I thought we looked nervous. But we grew into the game exponentially and I thought we were brilliant. I mean, first half, though, yeah, I think you could argue we were the team that looked more likely to score the second goal after the first half, after the final, uh, half-time whistle. But, yeah, I thought we grew into the game. So let, me, so let me ask you this question, right? There's an alien species who has been receiving uh, sky broadcasting for a few years. They don't actually understand it, and so they, they come to Earth, and um, they're disguised somewhere in the clock end of, of, the, of the swamp the Emirates, and um, they're then told at the end of the 90 minutes that one team has been involved in over 180 games within this manager's project, and the other team has been involved in seven, seven competitive games uh, within the manager's project. Who do you think they're going to say has the 180 plus games. Do you think it's the team in white or the team in, in red? Well, it's, a, it's, a very, it's a very good point. I think it, it says a lot about the way that we've started. I thought, uh, I, I'm getting on the point of it. I thought we were, it says a lot about us, the way that we played. We, we, we went there, we didn't roll over. Um, Arsenal weren't at the races, in my opinion, on Sunday. Didn't think they were great. Um, they had, Patches of good spells, but we came with a no fear, no fear, really, did we? There was no fear in us. I think the one thing when we got, we went one, we went, we went conceded, we went, uh, we were losing the game twice, bounced back very well on both occasions. So I, I, I get your point on that. I very much get it. I thought we we looked, we looked very good, didn't we? I thought we looked really good. I thought we looked. I thought we looked great, and we we do have something from Ross, and I'll, I'll read you what he says. I mean, you, you saw it as well. So yeah. po- Poro was his man of the match. Son's first goal was silk, and Eddie and Ketia should have seen red. So let's talk about Poro. What did you make of him, mate? Uh, I disagree with Ross saying that he was man of the match, but I thought, Pe- but that's no discredit to Pedro Poro. I thought he was brilliant. Or discredit to was... to Ross either. I mean, we've got to make. No, that. no, no, not discredit. No, I think like, I think there was there was a handful of players that you could have given man of the match to. I gave it to Van der Ven. I thought Van der Ven for ninety minutes was one of the best players on the pitch. I thought he was outstanding. I think it's very easy for players to give it to Son. I could understand it and Madison both. Players created and scored goal the goals that got us the draw, but I thought Van der Ven for the whole game was brilliant. I thought you could pick on other players that got. Oh, do you know what they were good for? Sixty minutes, seventy minutes, whatever you want to call it, forty-five minutes. I thought for ninety minutes, I thought Van der Ven was one of the best players on the pitch for me. I agree with you, mate. Do you know what I like a lot about Van der Ven, and that's his reading of the game. 
Mm-hmm. And do you know how old he is? 22. 22, mate. What a player we've got. What a player. Tell me about it, right? Because he, he, could, he could spot the danger. And I think, I think we really needed him to help out Udogi when, when he needed it. Uh, let's talk about Udogi a bit, right? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who are ranting and raving about, about him. And I think we, we have too. When he started off, what we saw was, or let's take it back a bit. It wasn't, it wasn't um, just what we saw with Udogi, but a lot of people before the game, pundits, us, everyone, were saying, you know, this is the first real test for Tottenham Hotspur. But when we talk about tests, what we're actually talking about, it's not a test for the club of Tottenham Hotspur, it's a test for the players, right? So all of yep. them were being tested. And it shows the strength of the man, both mentally and physically, for him to be up against, I would say, one of the best wingers in world football, because Saka is. You know, you can say, I mean, if you, I don't know, he's in. Is you could say in the top three, right? Sorry, I'm in Beirut, by the way. If you can hear like motorbikes and drag racing going on, it's because it's just Beirut and it's mad here and it is what <laughs> it is. So he was up against him, and I was a little bit fearful. I don't know. I don't know what you felt, but I was like, "Oh, is he gonna? Is he gonna come through this?" And he did, right? Didn't he come I, through it? I, 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 do you know what? It, it could have gone a completely different way, which is what I want to say about a doggy. Was you could have argued half an hour into it, you could have gone, he could come, he could have come off at half time, and I don't think anyone would have been massively against it because he was on a booking. Saka returned him a handful of times, and you'd have gone, "Oh, oh here we go." I tell you what, this kid, another one of those players. I went and looked and went. Do you know what this kid has it? You, for for a young man in his North London derby debut, he he went. Do you know, I'm on a booking. I can't make another tackle. And I thought he was faultless after. I thought he was brilliant second half. I thought he was one of the again another one of those that was in that sort of top five players on the pitch in the second half. I thought he was brilliant. Um, it just said a lot for me. It said a lot for me for this young lad. I thought he was second half. He was much better, much better. And, and I'll, I'll pivot it to Romero in a similar sense. I thought first first half an hour. I thought he was rash. He was he was he was the Romero we saw last season. After that, again, calmed down a lot. And and do you know what the one thing I said it on my stream about this on my video about this, and I just said it was like when we went one 0 down. Where we've seen before with Tottenham is heads drop and you you expect the second to go in when we go one nil down at the Emirates. It just feels inevitable. First time I've seen Tottenham for a very, very long time, galvanised. We kind of went, do you know what, guys? We've got nothing to lose now. We're one nil down at the Emirates. Everyone expects us to lose. Let's just go out there. And we, we played with a a lack of fear in that after when we went one nil down. I think they, the, the fear of the game dropped and it went, do you know what? It's just a normal game. Let's do our thing. And we grew and grew. And as I said to you, by half time, we were the team that were going, do you know what? We 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 want we don't want half time now. Arsenal were begging for half time, but when when they were getting to that, we were at that stage going, nah, 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 we want to play 10 more minutes because we can get the we can take it the leading because we look the better team. And I think that was a big difference, a big shift happened when they went one 0 up. Definitely. And let's talk about that Romero penalty. So I'll tell you how and where I stand on it. I I have a big problem with with the current rules because I don't know how he should have stood. 
unless unless Nike start adding pockets to our shorts and some sort of device which as the player some sort of strap system so as the player is is lunging in or diving in straps which are attached to his shorts pull his arms down if there's in the penalty box I don't know how else or where else his arms are supposed to go you know it's it's a game of limbs especially if you're if you're diving all over the place you have arms which are there to balance you out but saying that if it had happened down the other end I would have been screaming my head off if that wasn't given as a penalty. I'll, I'll say it now. I would. I'm going to read you an extract, James, because I've done a bit of digging on this. You'll like this. You've been digging. Go I've been then. doing some. I've been doing some diggings on the rules of the by the FA. Oh. And on. now I'm going to I'm going to read this out to you, and I want you to tell me if what happened there is breaking this rule, handling the ball. For the purpose of determining handball offences, the upper boundary of the arm is the line with the from the bottom of the armpit. Not every player who touches an the arm or the um, hand of the arm with the ball is considered an offence. It is an offence if a player deliberately touches the ball with their hand or arm. For example, moving said hand or arm towards the ball. Romero didn't do that. He was moving it away from the one, ball. One second, one second, one second. No, no, I need um, to ask you something. Is this an actual law? Is this one of the laws no, of, of the game? The, this, is, this is on the FA's website. I, I extracted it. Don't worry. Um, uh, the other point was, is moves the ball towards them. Touches the ball with their hand when it is made uh, a body from an unnaturally bigger. A player is considered to have made a, their body unnaturally bigger when the position of the hand arm is not in of consequence of justifiable by the player's body movement this uh, for the specific situation by having their arm in the position the player is taking a risk um or by the ball is being penalized so what implies by that that's the letter of the law this is the letter of the law word by word what in that suggesting is is that one was Romero's arm in an unnatural position no, no because no. he's lung he's lunging to block the ball Point two was, was he, did he move his arm in line of the ball? No, he didn't. He was moving it away from it. So the fact is, is by the letter of the law, that shouldn't be given as handball. And let's be frank and honest. I, I said this, by the way, I said this, and I really, I, I stand by, I think the rules are awful. The refereeings are awful. The refereeings are awful and VAR is awful. Don't care. Anyone can argue me. I'll stand by it. I think the refereeing is horrendous in this country. Um, the second point would be if I was every single manager, every tw- 20 managers in the Premier League will be sitting in the, the dressing rooms now going, guys, if you can't get a shot on goal, aim for a hand because it's a penalty. If that's given as a penalty, then every time I expect our players, if they can't get a shot on, kick a ball at an arm and go, that's a penalty. If that's given as a penalty, because it's ridiculous, right? That's mental. That I think... If that happens on the anywhere else on the pitch, nothing gets done about it. It's move on, we get on with it, right? Get move on with it. It's ridiculous. You're gifting, let's be honest, a guaranteed goal for a player that's arm is in a natural position trying to block a ball. It 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 it's like gifting it's gifting gold to somebody who's done nothing. Like if, if Romero had gone there and deliberately blocked it, if, 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 if that was the case, then he should be sent off for deliberately handballing a goal-scoring opportunity. But he wasn't. He wasn't even booked. 
It, it's just silly. Players are now meant to play without arms now. It's madness. So what you've done is you've actually read the laws of the professional game, right? That's what you've done. Yeah. And we've also proven that the refs don't know the rules or the laws. We'll call them laws. I think that's what they're supposed to be called. And it also looks like the other the other Bennies who are sat in that VAR room don't also know the laws either. Because if you... I'm like, so I watched it on, on Be In, right? And you had... Uh, Keys and Gray, remember Keys and Gray from Sky? Yeah, they're on, yeah, they're yeah. on, they're on B in right now, and they were adamant. Yep, yeah, should have one hundred percent. Was it a penalty? They normally read out the laws. And this one they didn't. They also were adamant, or Keys was, that Romero should have been sent off. And well done for finding that law, because that's ridiculous. And you're right that if this is how the game is going to be played now, then number one, change the law so that. It implies that that is an actual penalty. Or if you're not going to imply it, then follow the letter of the law. Because that's what these refs are paid to do, right? And that's what these mm. guys in the VAR booth... Is it Stockley Park? You know, we've got a fancy name for it as well. We're in Stockley Park. Look at us. Fuck it's... off. Follow follow the law of the game then. Because even, as I told you, when we started this, mate, I said, you know, I, I thought, yeah, it was a penalty because of what all the pundits were saying. But James, but you know, but this is the problem now. Penalties are gifted now. They're gifted, like lip presence in every game. There's a reason why there's been a spike in penalties in the last three years of football. You notice that? There seems to be a penalty every week. Never used to be like that. You'd have to do, you'd have to like, if a handball, you would have to have literally handballed it intentionally to stop it for it to be a handball in the box. Now, if the ball brushes your arm hair, it's a penalty. It's like, it's ridiculous. Like, the laws of the game are made now to a point where everything is microanalyzed. Another thing when you talk about VAR is a great point I wanted to make on. Have you noticed that everything's done in slow motion or stills? No, play the whole thing. Play the whole yeah. clip and then... What they need to be doing is, is playing the whole segment of play. So the ball comes in from a corner, if I'm right in saying where it comes from. Play the whole segment of play. Justify. Bear in mind, there's tons of players in the box. Let's make it a bit more football subjective anyway. If, we, if we're going to get to a stage where if a ball hits any part of a hand, it's a foul, then, I, then fine, okay? In fact, I don't agree with it, but then let's stick with that. If it hits the hand, it hits the hand. And if it hits the arm, it's considered handball. It's just silly now. It, I'll, I'll tell you what. By the way, did they not build up to the play where Madison gets pushed in the box, by the way? I was about to say that. So imagine if, if that hadn't have hit Romero's hand and that had gone in, I've got a feeling that VAR would have uh, disallowed the goal. Probably, probably. Because you know, you know that's what they're like, right? They, they seem to try and find any reason to disallow a goal, which is which is quite weird. I've got to say this, right? It's quite weird because you have just read out a law which points to the fact that that wasn't a penalty, but for some reason the refs are doing everything in their power to give penalties, which would seem like what they're trying to do is make the game a bit more entertaining and a bit more ooh you know, we're going to try and give away a penalty. But then when it comes to an actual goal, they try and do everything in their power to do the opposite. So, no, yep. let's not give a goal. So either we've got two bosses, two captains, one going one way and one going the other, and they're trying to say, well, let's meet in the middle, 
or they or what I think is more realistic they actually have no idea what they're doing no, which is a shame do you know what do you know what it is it's not that they don't know what they're doing it what they're doing is is and, and listen this is me with my tin hat on here now I feel there's a systematic way to make sure VAR, and you're right, by the way, they'd have probably VAR'd the push on Madison. Like, by the way, I don't think that's a foul. If that's given as a foul, it's equally as embarrassing. My point being is, is if one's checked, why is the other not? Why is the whole thing not evaluated? It's not. It should be evaluated as a collective, not as an individual incident. But the point being is, you're right, if that goes in with from the corner, they invest, they, they check the Madison one and give it, disallow it. They're disallowing goals for just stupid things. And and I think they're doing that to go, do you know what? That's why VAR's in charge. No, it's not. There's a referee on the pitch. If that's the case, then get rid of the referee, get rid of the linesman and have someone sat in a box near Heathrow, sat in a box near Heathrow to referee the game from a, from a computer screen. It's, it's stupid. The referees have a job. Let them do their job. The referee didn't think it was handball, by the way. The game carried on. The ref didn't think it was handball. But this is the point. Referees now... Equally a part of it because what's happened now is, is what VAR's done, it's given the referees to not make any important decisions anymore. The ref doesn't need to make any decision. It's okay, I'll just get sa- saved by a couple of blokes sat in a box in Heathrow. And 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 this is where I get what really does wind me up with VAR. And I don't listen, I don't care if that's what all we talk about. It is ruining the game. Football is a simple game ruined by people that want to micro-analyse it now. We never had this much drama when we didn't have VAR. The whole point with VAR was to get rid of those contentious decisions that you go, why is he not sent that player off because he's just two-footed someone? And by the way, we had that in the game and they didn't send Eddie Nketiah off, by the way. So wh- we'll, we'll what's talk the about, point of VR? I know, so we're going to talk about that in a minute. So this this pod wasn't supposed to be VAR heavy, right? But as you've been talking, I learned my lesson from last week's pod when I listened back to it. And instead of muting myself, you could just hear me like typing away. So I have gone over, and this is really, it's quite it's quite embarrassing. I've gone over to the, not for me, but for what you're about to hear, the International Football Association Board, so IFAB. And on March the 3rd, 2018, they produced a set of um, policies and procedures on what VAR would be. And it's actually, I'll, I'll read it to you word for word. This is on the the VAR official website. VAR, VAR, well, it's, it's, it's part of IFAB, right? It's, oh, yeah, it's yeah. operating under the philosophy of, and then they even highlight what I'm about to, these two words minimum interference and then maximum benefit yeah i don't i don't see that in most of the games that i'm watching it's like it's like they want to be i mean they var shouldn't really be noticed but i've never seen a game exactly. where it's not noticed and then they go on and they talk about the four main categories where decisions can be reviewed so it's either a goal or no no goal, penalty or no penalty, direct red card, mistaken identity. I I understand that. I also want to read something else which I just read and where is it? Where is it? Oh, oh shit. There, there's a there's a section which which I just read which which said that what they're what they're trying to do is something called oh here it is. We're trying to perform what we call a silent check. Yeah. Oh but, wow. But, you know, it's, do you know, it's do you, listen. It it. Do you know what? It could work. 
but it's done by people that have made it into such a spectacle. And this is the problem. You've added something you don't need in football. I don't want to be... I hate being at a football match. Listen, it's changed the way you watch football, and it shouldn't do. When a goal goes in, you should go absolutely crazy. Yeah, I don't I don't fully celebrate, mate. I don't, not anymore. No, no one does. No. Listen, I, I've been at games where I've celebrated goals that have gone in and then gone, boom, okay, ruined. And vice versa, by the way. I've celebrated, I've gone, oh, that's offside. And then it's overturned and you go crazy or whatever. But, but it, it just, do you know what it is? Is it, it for me... It's just ruining the excitement. Football, as I say, is a simple game. It's about 11 people trying to kick a, a round circular thing into, into a net either end. And whoever's done that the most wins. And if you've done the same, it's a draw. It's quite simple, right? It's, it, it, it's just become micro-analyzing. Like, listen, I can talk about everything with it. Offsides. We're now checking if players have got size eight or size nine boots and if they're offside because the tip of their boot is offside. It's like, like, come on, like, use it. Like, if a player's leaning forward, he's classed as offside. If he, his feet may be behind the player, but if he's leaning forward, he's offside. It's like, we're just getting to a stage with football that it's going to be like this now and it's just going to get worse, I think. And I'll be honest, I don't care. Like, it's just... It frustrates me. One more thing on VAR then. I'll read this to you. So under the procedures of the four main categories of decisions that can be reviewed, this is on on the IFAB VAR website, right? One of them is the direct red card. I'm talking about Enketia here. Now listen to this. What do they look for? They look for a denial of obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Not opportunities, but opportunity. Serious foul play, violent conduct, conduct, biting, spitting, use of offensive, insulting, abusive language or gestures. Now, the key thing here is serious foul play. When Nketiah went in on Vicario, did he have any chance of getting that ball? Yes or no, mate? No, the ball was gone. And Do you know, do you know, do you know the bit that really irritates me about this? And You're, you're probably going to go in, but I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'm, I will absolutely I'm, I'm sure you, I'm, go into it. I'm sure you're going to tell me. Like... The, do you know the bit that really, really winds me up on it? Did did Vicario's leg have to be planted and then his leg get broken for Eddie and Ketia to be sent off? Yes. Is that, is that, where, is that where we're at now with football? It must I'll tell you why it is. Won. Can I tell you why it is? Because he did scream and roll around, but that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough for the, the, the Bennies in... No offence to Uncle Benny, but the idiots sitting in the VAR booth to then follow their own mandate of saying, listen, we have only four categories in a game of football to check, and one of them is the direct red card. Does that look like serious foul play? And I don't know. Did they actually look at it? And if they well, did... Got, if... he got, he, he got a, do, you know what, do you know what it is, though? This is, this is the, thing. the referee, by the way. The referee sends, shows him a straight red card. He loves being Any on TV, idea? that guy, doesn't no, no. he? He really no, 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 loves no, no, He no, loves no, being on TV, what, though, that no, ref. No, 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 but James, do you know what? It's not, it's not even to do with that. This is the bit I want to make on it. In any, If VAR wasn't there, but he shows him a red card there and he sends him off. What they're doing now, and what I've noticed, is he shows him a yellow card. And this is it. He shows him a yellow card because he waits for someone in his ear to go, that's a red card. So he gets away with it because he goes, oh, well, he showed him a yellow card because he's going to get checked by VAR. No, you're the referee. He could have absolutely broken this guy's leg if his leg was planted. 
do your job. If, if, for example, if he shows him a red card and then it, and then the referee and then the VAR looks at it and goes, oh, he's not even made contact with him. It's a die, blah blah blah. Then cool. That's what it's there for. It's just, oh, sorry. I, it, I just find it stupid how Enketia stays on the pitch. I find absolutely mad. I'll be honest with you, I was quite happy with him being on the pitch. I mean, there was even a point when, I don't know if Saka got injured, to be fair, because in the second half, I even tweeted, I, I didn't realise that Saka had been substituted. I didn't see Saka for a good 15 minutes in that second half. I don't know where he was. He was still on the pitch. And so I think that what had happened, and I think this is the problem with, with Arsenal, and I, I, for me it's just perfect. They're, they're, they have such an arrogant manager, the complete contrast of Ange Postacoglu, that he is instilling things in his players that aren't there. And then when it goes tits up and it doesn't go their way, they don't, they don't understand quite what's going on and this is why they bottled the league last season and this is why under this manager and I God God I hope they continue to trust in this process they will not win the league clip that up I don't care right the seven people listen to this they will not win the league because he is instilling something in them which just isn't there they are building mansions on the beach on sand okay and what I could see throughout that game, and you know, I've got, I've got, I've got I'm a bit older than you, 44 now, and it's taken quite a bit of time for me to, to mature and see certain things as they are, is that when things don't go their way, they don't know what to do. They can't turn to the man who has told them that everything is perfect and that they're perfect. They can't turn to him and they've got no one else to turn to and they don't know any better. And that's why they were there for the taking. And if only that Richarlison's shot at the end had gone in, because it, everything would have been justified. Do, do you know what I mean by that, by the way? When I'm talking about how, how they're treated by the manager, and you saw this in the all or nothing thing. And then when he loses his rag, it's, it's, a, it's a contradiction to the way that he is towards his players. And so, yeah. then, so then there's a lack of respect for him bubbling beneath the surface. And this is why... As I said before, I hope that he stays there for many, many years. Because I tell you what, we have had seven, seven competitive games under Ange Postacoglu, and they've had 180 plus under Mikel Arteta. And the difference is stark. It's so obvious which team is on the up. And remember, this is a team that came eighth, that, that were being pushed aside by everyone. We don't have the players. We don't have this. We don't have that. Look at this difference. Because of because of a man and his coaching and his coaching team, that he is he has delivered belief, and I've, I you know I really went hard on this in the last show. He has delivered belief to these players, but he's built it on various foundations. It's not on just words. It's not on just I want you to be great, and this is a, a light bulb and blah blah blah. It's nothing to do with that. It's the way that this guy has done it. And Mikel Arteta is showing his immaturity. And unless he really does tumble and learn from that, he will never be a great manager. He'll be, as as Ross calls him, a Lidl's pep. Let's talk about Suns. Let's, oh, do you want to you want to? No, say I, I just want to say that I agree with you. To a, I do agree with you. I think, listen, I'm not one of these. I think, I think he's a good manager, but he's a good manager that... One minute, one minute. Do you, do you believe that he's a good manager in the Ten Hag is a good manager category? If so, no. that mean oh oh. So no, who's no, no, better? No, no, no. Would you no, prefer no, Arteta or would you prefer Ten Hag? I'd rather neither. 
that you, you, have, you, have, you have to choose. Okay. You have to choose one or oh the other. God. I mean, that's horrible, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest, though. If we're just judging on style of football, I'd have Arteta because at least he, at least they play a bit of football. I mean, Ten Arm is awful. He can't play. He don't play football. I've kind of flip flopped on that one, but yeah. But I think some of his football is actually awful. So let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Let's forget that Mikel Arteta has any affiliation with with the scum, right? With with Woolwich. Do you believe that he could have got a tune out of these players the way that Postecoglou has? This season in seven competitive games, yes or no? No. And what, you, you, why you, not? What What you've done, James, is you've jumped ahead of what I was actually going to say. I like what you've done there, though. What I was oh, about thank to you. say, though, I do. It's like you read my mind without with that telepathic. And well, people bit, can't bit, see people can't see this, but my my fingers are on my temples and my eyes are closed, so, so I am trying. It is, but what I would say though, the difference here is, is that. And I, listen, I made a I made a video about the dish. I, I made a video out a little plug on my YouTube channel. So if you want to go and check it out, it's called the disrespect to Poster Coglu. And what I want to say about that, and I, it is a little bit of a plug, but it, it falls into what we're talking about. I saw, and by the way, big up to him, big up Flav. By the way, absolute top guy. Big up to him because he was on he was on the club, and there was a video that came out, and I watched it, and I was absolutely disgusted. What do you mean he was on the club in the what? He was on the what? No, he's on. The, he was with the club, which is like um, the lads of the YouTube guys that do it, the um, watch-alongs and stuff. And he, he was on there uh, with um, an Arsenal guy having a debate about it. And Flav had the, I mean, in their eyes, the audacity. I mean, I don't think it was audacity. I think he actually made some absolutely stellar points that Postacoglu can't be compared to Arteta. He has no right to be. Because, because... Ange Postacoglu's managed in Japan, uh, Australia and Scotland. Somehow Arteta's somehow all of a sudden a better manager. Based on what? Arteta's won one trophy with a Unai Emery's team, whilst Ange Postacoglu has won trophies at every single level he's managed at. It doesn't matter if it's in, J- if it's in Japan, if it's in Australia, or if it's in Celtic, uh, Celtic in Scotland. And he's won at every single level he's at, if it's... What managing at the under um under seventeen Australian side, the under twenty Australian side, the national Australian side, he's won at every single level. Can I add and, something? And the, Can I add yeah, something? No. He's also won stuff in style. There you go. Continue, please. No, no, no. That, that, that was my point. And the bit that the bit that really, Ange Postecoglou hasn't needed six hundred million pounds. And then won nothing with it. By the way, I don't care. You can all, Arsenal fans can talk about winning an FA Cup with this manager. He won it with a bunch of players that their fan base called snakes. Every, every name under the sun, they called them. That oh, you guys are all mercenaries. All this, the Abamyangs, the Lacazettes, the Ozils, the Kalazanaches, the Mustafis, the Socrates. I could list loads more. The Permurters, um, the so the uh, Petrichecks and all this lot. All these lads. And since spending £600 million on this, what they want to call amazing squad, managed to get a draw. Where, by the way, we were all getting told, by the way, that we were getting absolutely battered. Five, six, ones, five, twos, four nils. Spurs turned up on your back door, your manor, and outplayed you for the majority of the game. Yeah, I'll give you the first half an hour, but apart from that, I thought we were the better team. And it just winds me up, this narrative that nobody watches football outside the Premier League nowadays. You if you're if you support a team in the Premier League, 
it's it's like it's the be all and end all. Oh, the greatest league in the world. No, there's other good leagues in this world. And I just think the disrespect that goes on to a manager that has earned his right, earned his right, not given his right in the Premier League. Here's the difference. Arteta was given it. Would Arteta would Arteta win the league with Brisbane Roar in Australia? No. Absolutely would not. Would he win would he win the J League with the Yokohama Marinos? No, he wouldn't. And this is um, I know it's a little bit of a rant, but I it, I'll be honest, when I saw all this stuff, it really did rattle me. And that's why I, I had to I put a video out. So go check it out if anyone wants to. That's the plug. That's the plug, but we move on. Oh, definitely go and check it out. Let's talk about Son's goals and the, the the partnership that he's building up with Madison because they're building up something that not many people are talking about and the way that they're linking up with each other is is beautiful to see like that first that first goal he had no right to squeeze that goal that that ball in through those three players and then off the off the post and then did he but Madison had no right to to get it from where it was and then and then drill the cross in. And then just slightly before that, Udogi had no right to be where he was. We had no right for anything. But it happened, right? And that's the beauty of it. And that's the beauty of this team. We never stop. And then that second goal. When I saw it the first time, I thought, oh, that looks awfully, awfully familiar. And then um, it's, it's not fair because Danny Kelly off uh, View from the Lane said it, but I was thinking it, that it just looked like you know when you're playing snooker or pool and you just hit a, a beautiful like cushioned shot and it's just straight. It looked exact. Yeah. It looked exactly like that. And I tell you what, if Madison hadn't gone off, by the way, he was injured, right? And he went off. There was a scare of an injury. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. But both both of them took Yeah, that's why when they both came off. Right. Fair enough. So if he if if those two hadn't come off, I think we may have pushed on for the win. No, I, I think so. I think if, if both of those were, if those two were hundred percent, and there was no injury scare, I think we do win the league. We do win the we win the game. Oh, you just we said win the, the league. Yeah, we win the league too. Shh. I mean, I'm not James. I'm not, don't 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 put that in because I'll let you lot. I'm I'm staying grounded with this. I stay grounded. Well, but, I've but, been but, saying it for the last uh, eight I know, episodes. You, you I think. I, what do you mean I haven't? Of course I have. I've been saying it for the no, last eight. No, episodes. I mean you. I mean, you haven't stayed grounded, is my point. That's what I'm saying. No, I believe I'm very grounded. I, if I'm honest with you, I'm. I, you're you're grounded on cloud nine. I like it. I don't care, no. mate. I mean, uh, uh, no, listen, no, listen. Fair enough. Go for it. But I think the one thing I will say with it, I think we talk about Sun, and by the way, both goals, tiny finishes. Then those, those, um, those finishes are. Brilliant, by the way. Brilliant. Were you going to say something Brilliant. else? It sounded like you were thinking about saying something else. No, what I was no, what I was going to say was is actually the finishes are brilliant, but James Madison makes both those goals. It's not a bit, and the one the difference is, it's not a bit of magic. What it is is hard work, and that's the difference, right? Look, we we talk about James Madison's beauty in the way that he plays. His passing is amazing. Both goals are then him pressing Saka for the first one, pressing Jorginho for the second one. So for me, that's that that's that for me was so good to see. Mate, I just I just love the way that we went to their swamp. Uh, we we had Paul Merson. In fact, maybe you can tell everyone what Paul Merson said. Do do you have it there? Did you hear what he said? 
before the game. Yeah, I try. I, I don't listen to a word this man says. He hasn't got a clue about. So there's there's two things that that we need we need to look at. Um, do me a favour while while I'm while I'm waffling. Can you actually find the Paul Merson quotes for me? Because if I start typing, I'll yeah. have everyone writing in saying, "Oh, he stopped typing." So yeah. Oh, can hear you typing now. What I what I think that or where we've gone wrong, and maybe it's been like this for years, is I thought that pundits were supposed to be people who knew more than the viewers. I'm pretty sure that if you were to take these aliens that came to watch the game, the ones that we talked about at the beginning of the pod, and we asked them to give a review on the game, they would have a more succinct, a more uh, professional approach to being a pundit than that clown would. And have you found his comments? I have. I'll read it out. The comments he made, he said, I do not know if Spurs could live with Arsenal. They will get blown away. That was his comments. Who did the? I think it was us doing the blowing, wasn't it? Does he mean like blown, like you know, by like Sharon or Karen, where, where the bike sheds are? Is that what he's talking about? Mm-hmm. Or is he talking about an, another type of blow? I don't know. I mean, he couldn't be talking about football. Uh, he couldn't be. Couldn't because been, no. because you know, as a pundit, surely he has seen Tottenham Hotspur play. I mean, he came. No, he, he came up with a stupid. But he came up with a stupid comment before the season started, where he he said Spurs won't finish in the top half of the season. That clearly means that he doesn't have a clue of who Ange Postecoglou is. He doesn't have a clue on what players play for Tottenham Hotspur. He doesn't think that Spurs are a big club. But Spurs are a massive club. I'm not just saying that because because I support them. Just like Manchester United, Liverpool, these are huge institutions. Even Arsenal. God, I hate to say it, but it's true. Chelsea, Manchester City are not big clubs yet. They don't have legacy. What they have is a lot of money and cheat code because they've bought the league. But I tell you what, take that away and let's see heritage come through over the next 50, 60 years. If it continues, and I don't know where you draw the line, then you can say that they're also big clubs. But let me ask a question about um, our good old our good old mate Maurizio. When do we play him? Sometime in November, right? 6th of November, my friend. Do you believe that uh, he's going to be there for us to boo him? Uh, oh, I would, I, I would, I would never, I would never boo him. I would never boo him. I'd be amazed if he's still in a job by then. That's what I mean. Uh, do you believe that? So, do you believe that he'll Listen, still be I'm, there? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not one to condone booing, but I would not, I'm not going to. I would never be one of these fans that sits there and applauds this guy. Screw him. He's manager of Chelsea now. I wouldn't do any of that. Listen, he I'm made not, his I'm bed, mate. Say, he made his bed. No, listen, lying it, you know. Listen. Listen, do you know what? I'll, I'll say it, I'll say it, I don't care. Listen, if I, I want him to be at the, I want him still at Chelsea so we can sack him. I want us to be the team that sacks him. I think it would be brilliant. Poetic justice. I'd love him to get sacked from Chelsea because he got battered by Ange Postecoglou. So this isn't supposed to be a Chelsea podcast, but what was interesting is I spoke to, not, I, I wouldn't call them mates, but people that I, that I, that I speak to who are Chelsea fans, and what they said to me is that they used to love the way that Tottenham played up until like 2019. And they said something happened to him in 2019. And these are people, well, they're in their 50s, two of them, they're in their 50s. And they're not like mad Chelsea fans in which, you know, it doesn't matter what logic is thrown out of them, they won't, they won't like disown it. They, they see the game as it is and they'll speak their mind. And what they said is that, you know, we were watching Spurs in 2019 and sure you haven't had certain signings and whatever but we're seeing the same tactics 
that Maurizio had at Spurs in 2019 and we're not seeing the Maurizio Pochettino of 2014 up until 2018. And I find that really interesting because trust me, I really wanted Poch back. I didn't. I really, and, and I, I, I know you didn't. I remember. I know, I know you didn't. As soon as though we heard about Postacoglu, because I, I mean, I had, this might sound a bit weird. I had kept tags, tab, not tags. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? I kept tabs on, on Ange when, um, when he went to Celtic. I mean, I knew about him when he was the Australia uh, national manager. Then, sort of, when he went to Japan, I, I, I lost. Um, I, I wasn't really following his career, but the reason why I remember him as the Australian national manager was because um, he has the same surname as someone who I know who's from, who's from Greece. And um, there's like a running joke with with a lot of Cypriot and Greek Arsenal fans, like they call him the Turkish manager because the Oglu bit in his name is also used by a lot of Turkish people. Right, I won't go into history, but Turkey used to be Greece and blah blah blah, and there's yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's an old history there, and so that's the reason. And so when he was at Celtic, I was like, wow, you know, look at this, a Greek guy. I mean, yeah, he's Australian. He went there when he was five, but. I want to see what he does there, and I started following him from there. And um, when when the rumours started coming around that he was coming to Spurs, I was on the Postacoglu bandwagon. I was telling everyone. I went on to Spooky's pod, and I was saying, "Oh my God, he's! I can't wait for him." And even Spooky was going, "Mate, are you sure?" I said, "Just wait and see. Wait and see what this guy can do, because just the way that he talks, you want to play for him. You want to die for him." Do you know what I mean? Because you know that he's going to do the same for you and he's going to take all of that responsibility off your shoulders and he's going to put it on himself. And he's going to say, it doesn't matter if you make the mistake. It doesn't matter. I've told you to play this way. And so if you make the mistake, it's on me. But sooner or later, it's going to become instinctive in you. God, I'm going over all round, aren't I? But I was so happy for him to have signed. By the way, where, where was I going with this whole story about Postacoglu? I actually don't know. I mean, nor, nor do I. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, listener, but we, I, there, there was a point to this rant. Not really a rant, but um, I'm just I'm just happy that he's our manager, and I'm really looking forward to the game against Liverpool. Do you want to Do you want to tell us what you think is going to happen, mate, against against Liverpool? Uh, I'll be honest. I think Liverpool is a big question. What's going to happen? It's a tough one because I think Liverpool are going to be a really big test. But the one thing I will say with Liverpool that there is a there there is a blueprint to beating them, but the blueprint is about being very very brave, very very bold, and not worried if you do lose it. Because of this, and I think Liverpool are going to be the closest team to Man City this season. I think Man City are going to walk it. I think Liverpool will be there, but. Uh, teams have shown. Well, 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 well. No, they were. Well, 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 well. One minute. You just said that Man City are going to walk it. Yeah. I, I uh, half agree with you. And then you said the next team are Liverpool. Yeah, I think Liverpool. Liverpool at the moment. Who, which team do you support? No, 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 no. It's called being realistic, my friend. Listen. One minute. As one minute. You, you can be James, realistic, but you can still be a fan, and you I can you, fan. you no, can listen. still you can still have. But James, I can also I can also want to be wrong. Sometimes in life, it's nice to be wrong. And listen, I'll, if we if we won the league, I'd happily come on here and say on on for for a whole hour and say I got it wrong. I got it wrong. This is it. 
But listen, listen, I, I, as I said to you, I'm, I'm, my, I'm listening, I'm listening. I'm keeping my feet firmly on the ground with it all. I'm not getting carried away yet. Listen, if we're, if we're second in the league in April, then I'm getting excited, right? I'm getting excited. We're in September still. I always have to remind myself we're still in September. Listen, and things can change. Movements of it all can change. But listen, back to what I said, I think Liverpool, Liverpool is going to be a real, real test here. Because listen, I think Liverpool are a fantastic football side. Their attack is one of the best in the league If after Man City's going forward. They've got such dynamism in that front three. I think they've brought, what they've also got in that attack is they've got a range, a range of players, right? They've got a range of players that can all do different jobs, which depending on certain teams and do different things. But do I think we can get a result there? Yeah. Do, against us? I th- at home at our place, do I think we get a result? Yeah. Because I think what we, we've shown that we don't give up. And listen, when there's when when you've got a team that doesn't roll over like we used to and we don't do it now, anything anything can happen, right? So like, and Liverpool will hate us running at them. Liverpool will hate. Look at what we did in the second half against Arsenal ran at them and Arsenal didn't have an answer to us. Liverpool will be the same. The only difference is, is down the other end, Liverpool will take a lot of the chances that we gave away in that first half against Arsenal. That's the slot. That is That for me is the difference maker. They've got the likes of a Salah, a Yota, a Nunes, a Diaz. Do you know what I mean? And all these, all these lads that at the moment are scoring well, right? They're doing well. So if we can stop them down the other end, we'll get a go- we'll get goals against them. We'll we'll score against them. So I think I think we have an opportunity to beat them. I think I do think Liverpool are a very very good team. But but who knows? Listen, dare to dream, right? So I think that I mean we're all pretty useless at, uh, at predictions. I mean this uh, this predictions league that we did didn't really take off. So. We'll carry on giving our predictions, right? I think maybe we'll do it next season. We've got a lot more listeners. I watched the game against Wolves. And in that first half, if Wolves were a lot more clinical, I think Wolves could have scored three goals. Yeah. That was what I was aiming to. If we can have the chances that Wolves had in that first half, we take those chances, right? Thing is, I think we can have a lot more chances than what Wolves had if Klopp sets up his team in the first in the, the same way that he did against Wolves in that first half and I'll be surprised if he does but if he does something similar I'm not saying that we're going to smash him on whatever I mean yeah like last last week I was saying we're going to smash Arsenal to all intents and purposes it felt like we won but against Liverpool I think this is going to be the hardest game and I'll tell you why it's the complete opposite of, of how Arteta has managed his team, where he's got them all on cloud nine, and then when they have to when they have to put their feet on the ground, there's there's no footing. With Klopp though, there's he's he's a bit more. I wasn't saying like Postecoglou. He's not like that, but there is a respect there, and he's he's got he's got men playing for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, that I makes agree John John sound no, what I, I mean. I get what you mean. Like he he's built. Klopp, what Klopp's done, listen, whether like people love him or hate him, he's very marmite with people as well, but whether whether you're not, what he is, he's a very, very good man manager. And he can get beyond those those players all buy into what he wants, right? And everyone always says, Oh, when they have a bad season, they'll go, Oh, Klopp's always no, he's not. What he'll do is he'll just go and gut 
Looked like they did in the window. They gutted out an old midfield and brought in a young midfielder. Look how good their midfield is, by the way. I think Sobsly is a very, very good player. Um, who's the other one? Uh, they brought in Gravenberch. Who's the other fellow? I'm missing one out that they just signed. Well, I don't know. Not I don't their midfield, I think their midfield is really, really good with workers and very good talent in there. So they're going to be, it'll be interesting to see how they, they how they do it ask. Because listen, again, do you know what it's going to be? What I said, what did I said last week in the pod last week, the Arsenal game, it's going to be a good game of football, right? It's going to be great. And, and the Liverpool game at our place, it's going to be a good game of football. Yeah, but we've got Antipos Sokoglu, so every game that we play normally is a good game of football. That's what, right. that's what I mean, though. That's exactly what I mean. When Spurs are about, you're going to have a good game of football nowadays. Well, do, do you know what, I, what what I worry about? Sorry to cut you off, mate. But what I worry about is I don't think Liverpool have clicked into gear yet. And I don't think they're going to click in for a while because they've got they've actually got, to all intents and purposes, a new midfield. And that can take some time, right? Because their engine room really hasn't clicked in yet. I hope it doesn't click against us. That's the thing. I What I, what I really hope for is that it's a great game and that we win. Because what it what it does is every every time that we play well and we get a good result, it's cementing in not just Postecoglou but these players, and it's giving mm-hmm. them another level of belief. Yeah, because I agree with you on that. because after the Liverpool game, we've then got a game away at Luton. I hate to say that we should walk it, but we really should walk it. Although you know, no, we say. No, I mean, no, look again. If we get a result against Liverpool, uh, by the way, I'm not suggesting. I'm also not suggesting that even if we lose to Liverpool that we should the Luton Town one now becomes one of those games where you go go on show us what you've got now you're not playing against and without being disrespectful the hot, the hot, they're the weakest team in the league on paper statistically and just on the league position go out there and enjoy it right like listen go and spread, spread your wings right and have a bit of excitement enjoyment with it and stuff and we should be walking the team like Luton Town now the way we're playing we should make well I mean maybe after watching what Newcastle did to Sheffield United maybe maybe we should have walked them as well like I we did actually play really well and we should have scored a lot more goals maybe I hate to say this but with someone like Harry Kane in the side we may have also scored six or seven right against them but we don't have Harry anymore you know, he's gone off, he scored a hat-trick at Bayern, they love him in Germany, good for him. We have got a set of players now who are buying into a new manager's philosophy and that's what we have to look forward to. So tell me your score prediction against Liverpool. So that's thir- Saturday, it's a late one, right? 5.30 UK, 6.30 your time, Barcelona, in Cyprus and Lebanon where I am right now, it's a 7.30 kickoff. So we've got quite a few listeners in Cyprus, by the way. So hello, up the so, Cypriots, big up the Cypriots. Yeah, all the Cyprus Spurs lot, uh, love you loads. Hopefully, I can get to the meeting pub to watch this game. I'm flying to Cyprus on Friday, so hopefully, oh, I can it? be. Yeah, uh, yeah, hopefully, I'm gonna be at the there's, meeting there's pub. Few, yeah, there's, I know in there's Lanaka. a few people gonna be there. Yeah, there's gonna be a few people there on definitely. No, there's a few. I know there. Um, you want school prediction? Yeah, oh, this is a tough one. Can I give you two, but with certain caveats? No, no, you can't because there's one game being played, not two. There isn't. Don't throw multiverse no, at me no, as well. No, no, not, not, not. I mean, it on certain situations because we don't know full Go detail. On then. Right. We, my point being is, is if if James Madison is playing and is not, and Brennan Johnson is able to play, then I think we will <sighs> draw it. I think we'll get a good result. I think it'll be another two to another two two. We love this result. Um, 
I kind of want to shy and go 3-2 and just be a bit bold, shall I? I think you should. Uh, I'm going to go 3-2 then. 3-2 if, if we've got no injury problems in the likes of James Madison specifically. Without Madison, I can't see us winning the game. That's, but that's, I think Madison's that key to this team. He's, he's the difference maker of us winning or losing the game at the moment. Well, you're the IT, you're the ITK out of out of the three of us. T- tell us, is there any latest news on Madison or Son or or Brennan Johnson? I, th- I think with Madison, the main one, Johnson, I don't think will be able to play. I, 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 listen, that's nothing to do with in the know. I'm not in the know. Stop, stop spreading this rumor. But um, but but on a serious level, I think from what I've read is that Madison had scans yesterday, but the club aren't worried massively. I think. Do you know what the one thing that benefits us? And I'm not sitting there saying that it was the right thing for it to happen. It was a good thing for it to happen. But we're not playing in the Europe Carabao Cup in the, today or tomorrow, right? Yeah, it like, is, it is like, it's listen, helpful. We've, we've, now, we've now got a week off. For, so the likes of Madison can recover. Listen, by the way, I still stand by not being in that choke tournament. It's not a good thing. But it, not being knocked out early wasn't a good thing. But what it does allow us, it allows the likes of Sun to have a couple of days off from training if he's got a niggle. It allows the likes of Johnson to recover properly. Madison doesn't have to rush back in and play another game or sit on the bench and then be strapped up or with injections or this, that and the other, whatever it is. So I think the benefits for us is it allows us a good recovery time. The likes of Liverpool are playing tomorrow or today. I can't remember if it may be tomorrow. So they've got to play a game and stuff. So And I assume they'll rest a lot of players anyway, but that's the only difference thing at the moment with it. But... Listen, I, listen, without Madison, though, I, think, I do worry against that Liverpool side because I think the worrying is is you looked at the difference when Madison and Son came off the pitch and then he brought Richarlison and Hoybierg on. We didn't really have anything much. Or like, the, the, the momentum swung back to Arsenal for the last sort of 10 or 15 minutes. Ironically, we had the better chance in the end because Richarlison probably should have won the game. But... But you could tell that there was a massive tone difference. It changed the momentum, went back to them because we didn't have James Madison. I think he's that highly, I think of him that highly that he can be the difference if we win the game or not. Mate, he's, he's one of our best players. I agree. He's, he's one of the best, if, if he's not, one of if, the, if he's, a the game cha- he's, he's a game changer. You know, mm. and we, we spoke about this before when it was like, what does it mean to support Tottenham Hotspur? And we've had throughout the years. We'll talk about sort of recent history, even past Gascoigne. We've had we've had Ginola, we've had um, Gareth Bale. I've got to mention him. We've, we've had Mickey Hazard. Mickey listens to the show, and one day, well, hopefully, will be on if he ever replies to me. That would be great. But we've had we've had these game changing players like Van der Vaart as well, and now we've got we've got Madders. And the thing that I like most about him, and you could say that, oh, he's, he's playing up to the social hype and whatever, because he's always on Instagram posting about Spurs and getting his family involved. The guy's bought in. He's bought in. He's mm-hmm. fully he's fully coys. And he knows that we love him. And he loves us too. And he is, he is one of our best players. And we have to try and keep him wrapped in cotton wool because he, he does have... He does have a tendency to get injured quite a bit. I remember at Leicester. I don't really, I, I don't remember him in its Coventry days or even even Norwich days. To be oh, honest when with he, you, when he, when he was when he was at Coventry, I, I I saw it a few games of him and I went, oh, this is a, this kid's going to be good." 
And then he, and I was like, go and get him now. Go and get this kid in and develop him. And then he went to Norwich and went, go and get this kid. And then he went to Leicester and we ain't getting him. And then Leicester get relegated and then we get him. And so I'm still amazed that we were the team that got him, by the way. But how grateful I am because what a football player. What a player. He is, mate. He's... I mean, hopefully, hopefully he's going to be he's going to be fit. And if he is, then I think that we're going to win. I think it'll be a quite a high scoring game. It, it could. I don't think it's going to be a two one or one nil or even a two two. It could be a three two. It even could be a four three. It could be one of these games where, uh, to use a boxing analogy again, and the last one was terrible, and I do apologise for that, but. It could be one of these where just two heavyweights just going at it. You know, a bit of a basketball game. It's like, all right, you've scored, we're going to go now. And then we've scored and it's like, no, we're going to go and score again. It could be one of those games. And also what I think might happen is that in the first half, uh, we might, if I'm, and I'm talking like about this being the Liverpool that played against Wolves, Wolves if, if they are like that, we could get one or two goals in the first half. I don't know if we have the players to kill off the game massively, that's, which that's will the then thing. it will then allow them to come back in in the second half, and it might be a ding dong of a second half, mate. Do you know what I mean? No, I agree. I think this is one of those games where we normally seem to peak in the second half. It, you're right. I think it's one of those. If you allow Liverpool, what you have to be with Liverpool, you have to be perfect to beat them. Right? Doesn't matter how good they are and stuff and whatever. You have to be on your day as a team, be perfect because. The problem is, is, and even with Wolves, Wolves had a great half, by the way, against them. Could have been 3 0 up. They go into the game at 1 0, and you go, you think about it, go half time, go, Liverpool are winning this. They'll just flick the switch, boom. Um, Salah, Yotta, Nunes, all scored, game over, right? Done. Like, they did it again. West Ham's an example. West Ham equalised 1 1, you go, West Ham are in this game now, boom. Another two goals, boom, game over. And it's Liverpool are that football team that, when they need to, very much like City, I they're not as good as City. Very much like City, when they, if they need to, they'll just flick the switch and boom, they'll they will destroy you. The difference is with us, we're not Wolves, we're not West Ham, we're Tottenham Hotspur, and at the moment we're playing brilliantly. So we will be. They'll be looking at us going. Liverpool will be looking at us going. I'm worried about Tottenham right now. I'd worry about that. Like, for example, when other teams like. That, again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. You Wolves, you go, do you know what? Like They might start well, but we, we have the capabilities to win the game of football. If we don't, we have, there's an inquest while we've not won the game of football. Little Looking at Tottenham, they'll be looking at Tottenham now going, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about Spurs because Spurs, if they turn up like they have done all season, they can make a game of football and they'll come at us and show us and give it all. Listen, I think, and I think team, and people will take notice of us if we beat Liverpool, by the way. If we beat Liverpool at home, everyone takes notice of Tottenham Hotspur this season because it's two games everyone said we're going to get beat, battered by, and we could turn up on it on the day. But people have started to take notice of us now, like even in Lebanon, where football, I mean, it's big, Premier League is big here, let's, let's, let's not lie about it, but it's, mm -hmm. but teams like, I mean, they, they will always follow teams like Liverpool and Manchester United. And it, it, countries like Lebanon, there's always a lot of glory hunters because 
the teams that are shown here are normally the teams that are in the Champions League and whatever. So it's not their fault, right? But yeah, yeah. but people now are talking about Tottenham Hotspur, and it's really funny listening to some Lebanese people say Tottenham Hotspur because they 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 talk like Aussie idealists. It's Tottenham, you know. Even my wife, when I've tried to say to her, just just. You don't pronounce the E-N, it's Tottenham. And it's like, yeah. no, no. She says, look, and she's trying to spell it out to me. It's Tottenham. And it's like, okay, whatever. Um, so people are taking notice. By the way, as you've been talking, I went on to eticketing.co.uk slash Tottenham Hotspur. Because I'm flying to Cyprus on Friday night, I thought, could I cheekily get a flight go over? Via, to, go, go via White Hart Lane. I like well, it. Well, fly over, let's say, as I land at 8 o'clock, in Cyprus uh, on Friday night, I thought if there's any availability before I check, let's go and check some seating. I found one ticket. Guess how much? I am shocked, and oh, I, I want to start protesting. Guess, and I'm, I'm a one Hotspur Plus member. Oh wait, hang on. This must be the 120 quid ticket, right? Is it? A hundred, mate. Four hundred and forty-nine British pounds for but one ticket. It, on the e-ticketing on the e-ticketing site, it's the only oh, available is it, seat. Is, oh, is it's it section. Seat, right? I don't know. Section three oh seven. Yeah, I know. No, these are. Oh, these are. By the way, if you if you ever get the opportunity, I tell you, I got gifted one of these by someone in in there. They're basically in. These are like the posh. This is like the posh bit. Where you get you get your dinner before. Well, you don't sit down and dinner. There's like loads of food. Alcohol's free in there. Oh, it's good in there. They're, they're the posh bits. I've done it once. I've got a friend of mine at um, a company that had um, both, they, and they were meant to take clients, and they just didn't want them, and then they were like, oh, two spares. Do you want them? I was like, I was the first one they came to, you know, and I was a Spurs fan. I was like, do you want them? It's like, yeah, yeah. Just sent them to me um, over the, uh, sent them over by email, and boom, job done. And then, yeah, but they are, they're tidy. That's like, they're, they're expensive ones, they are. Like. Look, I'm, I mean, I, I, I could afford it, but I can't justify it. No, I, 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 I can't I justify because also for me to get to the UK from Cyprus will cost and stay in an Airbnb. You're going the other direction, aren't you, right? What do you mean? No, no. I'm Lebanon to... You so say you're going you're going west, but... Le, you Lebanon, you wouldn't go to London, then come back. It's going the wrong way as well, right? Yeah, obviously. I'll go to Cyprus yeah. first. I've got the ticket. But then it would cost me with an Airbnb maybe, I don't know, five, six hundred quid. Yeah. To, to go to go to England and then if the ticket was a hundred, I would have bought it. Even hundred and fifty, I would have said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna get it." But four hundred and forty-nine yeah. pounds for a ticket, I can't just even if they give me caviar spread across three naked birds, I can't justify <laughs> it. I can't. It's too much money to. No, Where's Anthula? Where are you? Let's start a protest. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's something you want to tell the listeners to do. I'm not going to remind you what it is. What do you think it is that you have to remind the listeners to do? I'll be honest, I've forgotten. Oh, for fuck's sake. So, this is this is Perchy talking. If you like this podcast, then please tell your friends about it. And oh, yeah. it doesn't matter what podcast platform you're listening to. Please, can you, Perchy, finish the sentence? Please, can you... Watch us, share us. No, no, no. There's no watching. There isn't, yeah, because you, you like doing these YouTube things, right? I mean, uh, one day we'll do it. We've got a TikTok account now and we'll clip some stuff up. No, you're not going to watch us. You're going to listen to us. And when they listen, listen to, to us, us, what is it you would like them to do? Get your questions in. No. I mean, yes, get your questions in. It's not a problem. And the website's launching next week. 
right? So, yeah, yes. you've seen it, right? You've seen I it. I have, yeah, yeah, you've shown it. It is spectacular. It's very nice. If only the podcast was as good. But the point is, <laughs> if you can leave us a five-star review, it will really help us because we've 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 put in so much into this podcast. I know the content isn't great and we're not professionals and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? If you've liked this show, then leave us a five-star review. Perchy out. Say goodbye, James. Bye, James. <laughs> and Coys. Yeah, uh, yeah, listen, guys, listen. Yeah, thank you very much. It was good. I like this one. Hold on, we're still recording. I know, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm like, I like this podcast. We've you're still, you're, you're, you're still, you're still talking to the listeners. Hi, guys. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that was good. <laughs> <laughs>